The views expressed at WTFlandia are not to direct, guide, or sway public opinion for entertainment purposes only. Good day, good day, good day, and welcome to another exciting episode of WTF Landia Radio Show. We are in the year 2022, if you're just checking this NFT podcast radio show out from the Library of Congress, or the Met Gala, or the Museum of Science, Art, and Technology. Welcome. Glad you found us. Glad you searched through the archives to find your host, Char Michelle. I have transitioned, if you haven't noticed, from Char Beauvais to Char Michelle. We will change the branding as well soon. Not the brand, but the last name. <laughs> so, stick around. That's only because of formalities with the divorce, right? You have to create your own identity. <laughs> so, this is my happy 2022, you all. It is lovely to have you join me. I know that we've been in a sporadic place in the past year in some change with much going on. I have started a radio podcast, and we know that. If you want to hear more about that, listen to the podcast just beneath this one, and you can find all about it. But today, what I'm here for is I'm here to uncoof. No, not uncoof. <laughs> That's kind of what we're always searching through uncoof times <laughs> that we're living in. But honestly, no, I am here to uncover the truth. And if you, you know, combine uncouth and untruth together, you get uncouth. Or uncover, you know what I mean. I'm drinking coffee to get me fired up about this. Otherwise, I am in a very calming place today. It's Sunday, after all. And I just happened to be going through uh, some research on the vaccine as it is my job to go and do research not to jump on board with everybody's ideas not to jump on board with the jab and not jab and whatnot it's to do some practical research as a mom i do practical research as a citizen a free citizen i do practical research and so on and so forth so I happen to stum- stumble upon an article that has been something that I've been wanting to know more about, and that is the after effects of the vaccine shots and or boosters. And the truth is, a lot of these companies, uh, Pfizer in particular, has gone on to say that they will not report any findings until the year 2080, I believe. So that's a lot of years between now and getting the jab and then <laughs> to wait around on some sort of formal report. So uh, a lot of a lot of doctors are also not reporting what people are reporting in regards to post-vaccine um, 
things that are happening with their bodies. So they're saying it because scientifically, I guess it could say it's not. We don't know for sure if it's because of the vaccine or if it's because of the pandemic uh, length or it's because of mental things or whatever. So it's so brand new is what we're hearing that they scientists, doctors are not able to report. I don't trust that though. If you're telling me to trust science and you're telling me that this vaccine works, I also don't trust people's mouths. I've been led astray a lot of times. So I just, I trust stats, statistics, figures, and uh, that's what gets me more comfort. Not what people say. I don't, I don't feel comfort in that. I, I don't care if you're a scientist or the leader of the free world. That's not my issue. It's not my problem. Uh, I don't. I have to search and do the research and find out that statistically everything lines up before I personally, and this is the episode we're talking about, vaccine, before I put that in my body. Uh, and that is how a thinker that I've always been, not an anti-vaxxer, at all, but a person that likes to see the stats in regards to the effectiveness of vaccines or and or ineffectiveness. So it goes both ways. All vaccines matter. Uh, so when I did find <laughs> what I did find out is I found an article that I thought this might be something to share with my audience. Now, I'm going to go on to tell you that I, like you, am reading this for the first time. So, you and I will be uncovering its details together. It is written by Rav Aura, And uh, it is going to explain to us the truth about vaccine-induced myocardias. You can search this article up on Rabbi R R A R O R A R Aura dot Substack dot com. Okay, and uh, you can again always. I always say, please do your own research. Never take my word for it. Never take the, your you know favorite person's word for it. Look and do the research for yourself because a lot of times people don't even know it, but they can be letting you down without even knowing it. And a lot of times people take other people's opinion at face value without understanding that maybe there's more behind it. You know, Joe Rogan's under fire. We use the same platform, Spotify. I'm not getting as big a check as he at all. (laughs) My audience isn't as fast. So, it is still my job to tell you to please research everything that I speak about yourself and find your own thoughts behind it. Find your own truths behind it. Because right now we're living in a time where we have life and death at the helm and we want to make the most of our life. So, with that said, I'll be having coffee. I'll be telling my children next door to keep it down. We'll be hearing the sounds of fire, trucks, ambulance, or the popo. You just never know what you hear in the background. We're syndicating live from home, home studio in Vancouver, British Columbia. So you will hear the sights and sounds of the city as usual. But sit back, relax, and enjoy this 
essay in regards to the truth about vaccine-induced myocarditis. Let's jump right in to this article again. Just enjoy. (laughs) Enjoy that this is actually very fact-checked. And uh, there's been hesitancy for people to publish it because they're afraid of the backlash. But this is what I've read thus far. So let's go into it with open eyes, open ears, open hearts, and not judging. Okay? Well, for goodness sakes. Everybody's judging everybody for what they choose to do. All of a sudden, if you have not noticed, everyone's become a medical doctor, an MD. Have you gotten your vaccine? Why not? What do you, it's like, first of all, you know, you're not wearing your white lab coat, Bill Gates. Okay, I'm not in your office. <laughs> We're not. I don't have to tell you nothing about it. As long as we ain't making out and you ain't, you know, and we got to do that thing, then you don't need to know my status. Okay? Or if I'm not blowing snot rockets at you, you don't need to know. Okay? So there's that. All right, let's go into it with open eyes and doctor coats, lab coats off. Because you know one, no one that's listening to this is probably a doctor. And if you are, I hope you can, you know, reach out to WTF Lambda Radio at yahoo.com and let me know if you find anything that you have fact-checked that you don't agree with. Actually, don't email me. I don't care. Email Rev, R-O-R-A, <laughs> A-O-R-A. Also, I have a really difficult time pronouncing names. Always. It's part of my charm. Don't worry about it. it, But let's dive right into this article essay. Read. The truth about vaccine-induced myocarditis. As a young male with a platform, it is my responsibility to give voice to the voiceless. That is heading for Rev. Um... The following essay has been rigorously fact-checked by Stanford medicine professor and infectious disease expert, Dr. J. Bahachara. Google that name, okay, if you have any question. Dr. J. B-H-A-T-T-A-C-H-A-R-Y-A. Bahachara. That is a... That is a medical professor from Stanford. Okay, there you go. The scientific claims regarding post-vaccine myocarditis are fully in line with the current medical literature. That is the disclaimer at the top of this essay. I say this with a sniffle on my nose and probably some sort of variant of the uh, Omicron COVID. <laughs> I, don't, I, I joke. I have a head cold and I've been eating wheat. I'm allergic to uh, wheat. And I had some Cheez Its last night and I woke up sniffly as all get down. So, yeah, don't judge me if it sounds a little sniffly. That's okay. I feel great. But over the past, this is where the article begins. Over the past several months, I have faced insurmountable challenges in publishing my thoroughly fact-checked interview. Oh, interview-driven essays on post-vaccine myocarditis, an issue that concerns me personally for obvious reasons. The high-risk population is young males. 
My views on the issue have been fully informed by top infectious disease experts and cardiologists from institutions such as Harvard and Stanford. There's more on that list. My inability to publish even a single article on this topic strikes me as a shameful departure from my original motivation to become a journalist a year and a half ago, shedding light on stories neglected, distorted, and obscured by elite liberal media. Enough is enough. That's him putting his proverbial foot down. I will add some of my commentary in this throughout, so that's just because I need to... My, my 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 brain does thought bubbles when I read certain things. I go, huh, let's elaborate. And uh, since this is a one gal show, show, I have to answer some questions you might be thinking as well. So prepare for that. If you're new to the WTF Lantia radio room, that is what you should expect. <laughs> so he says, I simply cannot remain silent on the issue for another six months not while young males are coerced and mandated to take additional shots of the vaccine with no safety data misinformation is spreading like wildfire censorship is metastasizing most alarmingly our universal triple vaccine regime is victimizing in more and more young males and both conservative and liberal media have ignored the problem entirely. This Substack publication is exclusively devoted to the spirituality, mystical experience, and self-actualization. However, I have decided to make an exception to publish a multi-part essay series on the under-recognized truth surrounding vaccine-induced myocarditis. Also, the Substack is usually about spirituality and mystical stuff but this is different because this is something that's been alarming to him I see this long form essay is the first part I must begin with sharing the straw that broke the camel's back a new analysis of relative myocardius risk by Oxford researchers who published a paper in Nature Medicine on December the 14th the authors find higher rates of vaccine induced myocardius than myocardius from infection in males age 16 through 39 across multiple vaccine doses. Pfizer dose 2 and 3 and Moderna dose 1 and 2. This graph compares the rates. There's a visual graph. Again, if you want to look at it, look, search up ravaroraa.substack.com to look at what I'm looking at. However, this analysis understates the vaccine risk in specific demographics, as Dr. Vinay Prasad highlights. If the researchers use more accurate seroprevalence data for viral infection, which would increase the denominator and analyze the risk in younger males ages 16 through 24 specifically, the highest risk group, the risk-benefits ratio would swing further against the administration of the aforementioned vaccine doses in this population. The government and medical establishment's failures to recognize this basic scientific reality has resulted in numerous young males making irreversible, irreversible medical decisions, resulting in cardiac, cardiac damage, with potential long-term implications. 
before even having taking interest in this subject matter I came to learn of three verified cases of post-vaccine myocardias in young males requiring hospitalization in my city alone. In his city alone, a 16-year-old male after dose 2 of Moderna, a 17-year-old male after dose 1 of Pfizer, and a 25-year-old male after dose 1 of Moderna. Wow. A 25-year-old male who has to remain anonymous was diagnosed with ventricular <coughs> ventricular tach, tachycardia. Okay, I think I got that right. Was diagnosed with ventricular tachycardia and high-risk arrhythmia, dangerously irregular heartbeat, which causes the body to receive inadequate oxygenated blood. He spent five days in the hospital after enduring throbbing chest pains and difficult breathing post-vaccination. He now has to take three months off from work and cannot engage in any form of physical exercise. Doctors have told him even going up the stairs in his house could exacerbate his heart condition. This after dose one of Moderna. Now, if he reports this to his doctor, they might say, well, we don't know that it's just because of the vaccine. It could be because of pandemic fatigue is what they are saying. Pandemic fatigue can cause anxiety. We can cause heart arrhythmia and blah, 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 blah. Now, we've had fatigue with lots of things, so I'm not knocking this out, but I'm not necessarily buying it, buying it up either. So let's continue on i personally spoke to him and was devastated by his testimony i felt so pressured to take the vaccine he says i wanted to live a normal life that's the common theme that people who were rushing to the altar to get vaccinated because of science or their government or the lack of their rights and privileges he goes on to say i felt so pressured to take the vaccine i wanted to live a normal life and be able to travel where i want to and now i'm basically unable to do anything without fearing risking my heart condition my life is ruined for at least the next few months or possibly longer i hope not but it could see how how long these effects last this is 25 year old man uh, this 25 year old man is not a part of any ex, ex potentially sorry of any ex, exceptionally small minority of vaccine vaccine injured people uh, from whom the side effects could not be anticipated as he as has been long established myocardius is the most documented adverse reaction from the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines a number of studies have established the risk of myocardius as highly stratified by age and gender a study from Israel found that males aged 16 to 29 face the greatest risk with around 11 in 100,000 males developing post-vaccination myocardias. A preprint study last year comparing risk of infection versus vaccination found that boys aged 12 to 15 were four to six times more likely to develop myocardias from the vaccine than become hospitalized with any COVID-related condition. In a broadcast possible sense, including incidental cases, meaning the relative myocardius risk is likely understated. The specific point of casual, casual, casualty 
has not been identified by scientists yet as the vaccines are experimental by nature and their long-term implications are not fully understood. That's the key word. They are experimental by nature at this point. They are. FDA just barely cleared an approval, I believe. uh, And still that approval has been pushed because it is usually uh, not approved until a... 10 year, five to 10 year um, research. I don't know. Also, search that up. How long does it take for an FDA to approve a vaccine? Uh, usually. Okay, we're in a pandemic, so this doesn't happen every 100 years. I don't know if they had an FDA back in the Spanish flu days in 1918, but do your research. The specific points of casualty have not been identified by scientists yet, as vaccines are experimental by nature. That's the key word. Okay, as of recent, uh, a recent article in the Wall Street Journal compiles the leading hypothesis for what is causing these adverse events. One newly emerging theory relates to the way the vaccine is injected into the body. The shots are supposed to be injected into the shoulder muscle as known as the deltoid muscle. If the injection accidentally reaches a vein, it could lead to a delivery of some of, uh, of some of the vaccine into the heart throb blood vessel or heart through blood vessels. Now, as for this gender specific risk, some scientists speculate it is due to higher testosterone levels in men that myocarditis appears to happen more among younger males after vaccination than in other age and sex groups suggest a link to the hormone testosterone, which is usually at high levels in younger males, according to researchers. Testosterone may be height may heighten an inflammatory immune response, Dr. Bose-Kurt said, leading to myocarditis in some males, adolescent, and young men. The consistently identified risk in young males across different countries, medical journals, and research institutes warrant serious caution and reevaluation of fully vaccinating healthy young males. I would say so. If we have a study that says that uh, they need to... Uh, Search about the delivery method and or just what's inside the juice, the chemicals, the vaccine ingredients, those things, right? So, uh, wow. The the consistently identified risk in young males uh, across different countries, medical journals and research institutes warrant serious caution and reevaluation of fully vaccinating healthy young males given their extremely low risk of serious illness or death from COVID. Public health officials in Norway, the UK, and Hong Kong have acted with commendable prudence, offering only one dose of the vaccine to young people since myocarditis cases are clustered after the second dose. Other countries such as Finland, France, and Germany have advised against administration of the Moderna vaccines in male under the age of 30 because of the higher rates of myocarditis compared to the Pfizer vaccine. However, both Canada and the United States have adopted a one-size-fits-all policy, making no medically tailored recommendation for teenagers and younger adults. Hmm. As a 20-year-old healthy male myself, 
who has suffered from minor heart complications in early adolescence, irregular heart palpitations. I have those as well. I have decided not to take the vaccine as a result of my personal health decision informed by my physician. My social and physical well-being has been significantly compromised. The Canadian government, both provincial and federal, have implemented coercive and draconian vaccination policies, limiting the freedoms of the unvaccinated across various parts of of society. I can say this is very true living in Canada. And being an American citizen, that these mandates have been quite extensive for free countries. So those you can research as well of what measures they're taking in mandating the vaccine. <clears throat> Much of my social life in Vancouver, this is going on to reading the article. Much of my social life in Vancouver Vancouver has been restricted and my ability to maintain physical fitness, a preventative measure that reduces risk of serious COVID illness has been radically hampered. With the rest of the unvaccinated Canadians over 12 years of age, I am barred from exercising at a gym, going to nightclub, bars, large gatherings, and weddings. Worst, I am now landlocked in Canada and unable to leave the country to country to do media appearances in the U.S. and visit my family family in India. I have I was recently planning to go to Florida to do Ben Shapiro's show, but the government won't even let me board a domestic flight. In what world is this fair, folks? In what world? Ha. <sighs> Under governmental pressure, public organizations have also stepped up their efforts in mandating vaccination, vac- vaccination for the young. In Ontario, Canada's biggest and youth hockey league, OMHA, keeping in mind my, child, my children play hockey as well, they recently mandated all players 12 and over to be vaccinated. OMHA President Bob Hill gave a statement on the league's decision. We know that the environment around return to play is a real concern for a large proportion of hockey families our game is played in an indoor environment where there can be close contact and we must do everything possible to reduce the risk of transmission around the rink it is a duty for our players our officials and our communities unless one is willing to give their child an insufficiently tested booster shot on a likely six-month basis, such a rationale being used to push child vaccine mandates falls apart under closer scrutiny. It does. If you are telling me I need to give my child a vaccine, a, vaccine, a vaccination shot, plus a booster, where there is no research in regards to telling me how this thing plays out in the year and six months from now or any of that, I don't think so. This is not a seatbelt that you buckle yourself into. This is not that. This is what is something that's going into your body. This is not, my body is not state property. My body is my own. My children's bodies, I have to make the best decision I can as a parent to research everything I can possibly research in in order to understand the decision-making process right now unless one is willing to give their child that insufficiently tested booster shot on a likely six-month basis such a rationale being used to push child vaccine mandates fall apart under closer scrutiny 
Vaccine efficiency against infection significantly drops over time. That's also on record. All these things are researched. This is article has been fact-checked. Okay, you guys? An idea which up until last summer was considered right-wing conspiracy theory, a study published in The Lancet, showed 55% reduction in vaccine effectiveness against infection five months post-vaccination. A trend with spirals down over time. It means in layman's terms, once you get the vaccine, your percentages of effectiveness drop significantly from however much percent to a lot less percent. Do your research to find those numbers out, okay? Any public benefit that child vaccination would bring is temporary and short-lived. I asked Dr. Mike Hart, known for his appearance on Joe Rogan's podcast, one of the one of my consulting physicians who runs a top medical clinic in Ontario, what he thought about a, such a mandate. I don't think this is good policy. For vulnerable vulnerable populations vaccines make sense but for young healthy people the risk of the vaccine may outweigh the benefits the risk of myocarditis from covid is much higher than the risk of myocarditis from the vaccine in the general population but in younger cohorts the best available evidence suggests that's not true according to his findings unfortunately medical experts such as dr hart who consider both the cost and the benefits of the vaccine have been marginalized by spokespeople of the medical establishment who are bizarrely devoted to vaccinating everyone, regardless of their individual risk benefit propositions. Okay. Now, when CNN's chief medical correspondent, Dr. Sanjay Gupta appeared on Joe Rogan's podcast and was repeatedly asked about myocardius risk in young males, he responded with a claim that most Myocardius patients experience mild symptoms and recover quickly. When celebrity physician Dr. Oz was asked the same question by Fox 29 Philadelphia earlier this year, he replied in nearly an identical fashion. Myocardius is a mild, easily curable medical condition and shouldn't discourage healthy male teenagers from receiving the vaccine. However, Myocardius has long been documented as a cause of chronic fatigue, shortness of breath, and chest pain, leading to disruptions in physical activity. A number of top cardiologists across the country, such as Dr. John Mandrola, Dr. Amy Kontrovich, and Dr. Vink Murthy, have publicly spoken out against minimization of vaccine-induced Myocardius. According to Dr. Kontrovich, professor of medicine and cardiology at the Ishan School of Medicine at Mount Sinai, says many of those affected are young people who were previously healthy and are now on their three or more heart medication and potentially out of work due to symptoms, even if their heart function is back to normal. University of Michigan cardiologist Dr. Vink Murthy has also noted people with myocarditis are usually counseled to limit activity, placed on one or more meds, and are at lifetime increased risk of cardiac complications. This can have profound consequences. They are typically told to limit activity for several months, sometimes longer. This means no sports, and some kids are told not to carry books to school. 
In attempts to downplay these real quantifiable risks, those with the most powerful voices in the medical community perform glaringly disproval sleight of hand distortions of a scientific research on mainstream networks. When discussing his viral JRE, Joe Rogan experience appearance, on Aaron Burnett's CNN's program, Dr. Sanjay Gupta addressed the public's concern of myocarditis for vaccinating teenagers by presenting a study finding infection-induced myocarditis poses a greater risk compared to the vaccines. A cursory reading study um, reveals that it is relevant, irrelevant to the cost-benefit analysis of vaccinating healthy young men. So the risk of myocarditis in Israel says after Pfizer vaccination, plus 2.7 events have happened per 100,000 people. After COVID-19 infection, plus 11 cases per 100,000 people have occurred. That was on CNN, Dr. Dr. Joe Rogan asked Sanjay Gupta if he'd change a view on COVID vaccine. if the Merrick pill works and he says, I still don't want this disease, Joe. Okay. So that's what I'm looking at now. Uh, a cursory reading of a study reveals that it is re- irrelevant to the cost benefit analysis, vaccinating healthy males, the post vaccination myocarditis rate again of 2.7 per 100,000 people is derived from a highly diverse population in age and gender. Okay. With a median age of 38 years in study and not, they're not, they're not doing this by age group. That's why they got that lesser after the Pfizer vaccination number. Okay. With a median age of 38 years old in that study. Moreover, the specific age group among the highest at risk of myocarditis is 12 to 15 year olds. Was not included in the study population. The alarming concern is with uh, young males, specifically not the general population. And yet the CNN segment closed with Aaron Burnett summarizing this total falsehood based on Dr. Gupa's stunningly dishonest analysis of the issue. The number one vaccine risk you do, you do hear about for young boys is myocarditis. You're saying you have about five times greater risk of getting that from COVID than the vaccine. I think that's incredibly powerful. Just basic statistic for people to know. Another viral clip of Joe Rogan talking about myocarditis has been exploited by the media to promote their universal vaccination agenda. Let's hear from Brianna Killer. And she writes, Joe Rogan gets schooled on his podcast and still won't concede he's wrong about myocarditis risk of being unvaxxed. We spoke to one of the 270 experts calling on Spotify to address Rogan's COVID information. Let's hear what she's got to say. Podcaster Joe Rogan, who is a frequent spreader of COVID misinformation, was uh, fact-checked on his show in real time. Here it is. I don't think it's true that there's an increased risk of myocarditis from people catching COVID that are young versus increased risk of myocarditis from the vaccine. No, there is. There's both. Well, let's look that up because I don't <laughs> think that's true. 12 to 17, molecular myocarditis within three months of catching COVID at a rate of 450 cases per million infection. This compares to 67 cases of myocarditis per million at the same time following their second dose of Pfizer. 
Yeah, so you're about eight times likelier to get myocarditis from getting COVID than from getting the vaccine. That's interesting. Now, that, that is said, not what I've read before, but also it's like, when, even when we're reading these things, it's like, what are we getting this from? Talk about moving the goalposts. Now, 270 health experts are calling on Spotify to take action, writing in an open letter, quote, by allowing the propagation of false and societally harmful assertions, Spotify is enabling its hosted media to damage public trust in scientific research and sow doubt in the credibility of data-driven guidance offered by medical professionals. Let's talk about this now with an epidemiologist who signed that letter, Dr. Katrine Wallace. Doctor, thanks so much for being with us us this morning you know can you just speak broadly i'd want to ask you about that moment with uh joe rogan but first can you just speak broadly with the large fan base that joe rogan has what is the joe rogan effect on his listeners thank you for having me yes and a, po- a podcast of the size that joe rogan has it and the effect of misinformation spreading to such a large audience it they have sort of a responsibility to the public during a public health emergency to protect the public from this kind of misinformation and harmful information going to the public. And right now we have 26% of our population that is still unvaccinated and misinformation like this directly contributes to that. Is as part of what he was making there the case against vaccines was he was trying to say that there's such a risk of myocarditis for a certain age group with the vaccine. In fact, he was he was fact checked that the risk of myocarditis from actual covid is many times higher. Um, What did you think of his response to that when he then went on to say, oh, well, well, where are we getting this from? It's very concerning because. You know, Joe Rogan is an entertainer. He is not a public health or medical professional. And listening to, you know, there has been rare, rare cases of myocarditis detected in young males after the second dose of the mRNA vaccines. However, as the guest correctly pointed out, the risk in COVID-19 is far greater than in with the vaccine. So actually, with the amount of transmission we have of COVID-19 right now, we're actually preventing myocarditis by vaccinating because the risk is so much higher in COVID-19. Yeah, eight times higher, you know, as we saw there. It was actually a very uh, illuminating moment. So you sign this letter. How do you want Spotify to address his misinformation? We would just like Spotify to have a clear and public policy to moderate um, misinformation on their platform because, as I mentioned before, we're in a public health emergency. So it is there is a responsibility they have to the public to protect them from this kind of harmful information. When information like this is on a huge platform, it creates a false balance as if there's two sides to the scientific information. And really, there is not. The overwhelming evidence is that the vaccine works and that they are safe. Yeah, so well put. Dr. Wallace, really appreciate you being with us this morning. Thank you so much for having me. All voices matter. So we gave that doctor her voice to speak about what she considers to be misinformation and Spotify's 
um, job to miss to inform us when there's misinformation. But the misinformation can be coming from the podcast. It could be coming from the scientists, from the doctors that keep changing uh, the studies behind and the findings behind being vaccinated. So we can consider that to be misinformation as well. So we're going to give in this podcast all voices a chance to speak. But we're also going to use our own minds, right, to think about what it is that they have said and what we're looking at. And at the end of this podcast, I will share my opinion. But let's continue to read. The study in the article, Rogan, looks at finding a higher risk of infection-induced myocarditis. He pronounces it differently than I do. Myocarditis is what he says. But again, you guys know how cute I like to pronounce my words. Don't take it personally. It's my fault, not yours. Uh, but um, he says, he says, looks, he looks at a finding of a higher risk of infection induced myocarditis than from the vaccine is severely flawed. As practicing physician and epidemiologist Tracy Hogue has pointed out, the authors of the study vastly underestimated both the incidence of COVID infections, thereby exaggerating the infection risk, and post-vaccine myocarditis. The latter is underestimated by a factor of three or four at least. As a result, the author fallaciously conclude post-infection myocarditis poses a higher risk than post-vaccine myocarditis in young males. The aforementioned preprint by Oxford Research published last month last month is the most comprehensive, robust, and rigorously rigorous analysis of relative myocarditis risk. <sighs> okay, so Dr. Hogue was a lead researcher in compiling study for finding a four to six times higher incidence of vaccine-related myocarditis than any form of COVID hospitalization in ages 12 to 15-year-old boys. And there is a graph on this chart that you can look at. Um, but And it goes on to say, similar to our conversation surrounding climate change, criminal justice and racism, the topic of vaccination has become painfully tri- tri- trivialized <laughs> along uh, Manichaean lines. Like, it's been bizarre. Uh, and any deviation from support of universally mandated vaccination prompts indefensible accusations of being an anti-vaxxer. That's true. A reality that came crashing down on 23-year-old unvaccinated NBA player Jonathan Isaac, who has natural immunity in a misleading Rolling Stone story. Neither the risk of COVID or vaccines out of X is uh, equally distributed across the population. While the general risk is minuscule, the individual risk of the vaccine-induced myocarditis in young males between the ages of 18 and 24 is roughly 1 in 2,000, according to a recent study by top top infectious disease physician, Dr. Katie A. Scharf. According to the calculation, 1 million administrations of the vaccine in this age group would yield 500 cases of heart inflammation in kids who were otherwise at near zero risk of COVID. 
The implications of this data are devastating if the public health authorities continue to encourage and worse mandate boosters for young males as is done at Princeton, NYU, Stanford, UMass, Amherst, Dartmouth, and other major American universities. Yes, those mandates are happening. Many in the media and medical establishment rightfully promote vaccination to prevent serious illness or death. But reactions to any information that delegitimizes or questions the safety and efficiency of vaccination in the slightest with a kind of strict religious opposition, safe and effective has become a mantra used to shut down opposition to universal vaccinations. Supporting the vaccine means honestly discussing the real risk of vaccination in specific demographics without either agenda-driven minimalization or exaggeration. Oh, wow. Downplaying, downplaying and misleading the public, on the other hand, undermines trust in the vaccine, a miraculous scientific innovation that has uh, transformed the course of the pandemic by preventing millions of deaths in cases of severe disease. Honesty, nuance, and compassion are especially needed when it comes to personal health choices. We are only born with one body, folks. One body. And we must make medically informed decisions at our own violation. At our own volition. Sorry. Without governmental coercion or political pressure. Period. That article, written again by Dr. Rav Arora, is an independent journalist widely published in the New York Post, The Globe, and Mail and Foreign Policy magazine. He has appeared on The Ben Shapiro Show, Sky News Australia, Jordan B. Peterson Podcast, Dr. Drew Show, and other programs. Okay, so that's where you heard that article from. Do your research. Read it again. I flubbed and flawed, but that's how my mouth works after speaking for so long on these things. My goodness, my tongue is tied. That and along with all the alarming things that my brain does whilst reading it out loud for you. You are very welcome. Mm, That's my coffee keeping me alert. Okay. Dr. Rogan. (laughs) I mean, Joe Rogan, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, and everybody else aside, I want to talk about how I feel about it. I want to make it plain and simple, and I want to leave my thoughts at the door of the WTF Landia radio room, okay? Because that's what I do here, and it's my show, so I can do what I choose, okay? So hear me out. The vaccine and many vaccines over time have proven very effective. I mean, look at, uh, you know, the polio vaccine. Thank goodness we had that. That thing crippled people down to the skivvies. It distorted your body. Polio was vicious. And I appreciate that the scientists put their very, very best foot forward into creating a vaccine that worked. Because as far as I am concerned, I don't know the stats behind it. But again, I don't do all that extra work. I'm going to leave it to you. I'm not sure there's many cases that support the, the, the truth of being vaccinated against polio and then getting the polio virus. I don't, I don't know. 
please do chime in to WTFlandia Radio at yahoo.com if you find otherwise. Because once you were vaccinated for polio, you were good to go. You didn't have to worry about getting polio and go about your life. And also, that was many, many, many moons ago. Also, another thing to point out, I'm going to point out obvious, and we can talk about it and digest it from there. 1918, the Spanish flu ripped and roared through that thing, lasted for about as long as we're going through it now, two plus years. And uh, what we had, what happened was we named it that. I don't know if there was any variants of that coming out of there. But guess what didn't go away? The flu. And uh, what we have done is we've either chosen to vaccinate ourselves for the flu every flu season, hand quote, finger quotes, whatever that is, or to skip that vaccine and say, you know what, I'll deal with the flu as it comes. The flu has been known to kill millions per year. That's a fact that, again, you may please have your way at searching up uh, the numbers for that. I won't be doing that here. And uh, so the flu. Okay. What happens is after the 1918 Spanish flu, we've had about a thousand million trillion more of those flus. That number is not actually factual. So don't, don't fact check that. But we've had many, 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 many variances of flus since then. What we didn't do is name it all these big, bad, wolf, scary names like Omicron and Delta and Magna. And, oh, it just, again, it sounds like a sorority fraternity just really, really at their wit's end right now. So when you give things names, you give it ownership. You give them a scary, scary way about them. Now we're afraid of the Delta. Now we're afraid of Omicron. What's next, the Omega? Ah, I want to make a watch, not the virus. So everybody gets afraid and then they blame the 26% of unvaccinated. But let's do the research. Doctors have the stats have shown us that 97% of Canadians are vaccinated. That leaves about 26 or so percent of the population that is unvaccinated, right? Go with me, the numbers. Do the numbers on your own, too. I'm not fantastic at math, okay? I'm great at spending money. I don't count it, okay? So, but anyways, around about there, 20% or more. So they say, here's the thing about the vaccine. If you're vaccinated, you will not you know, get sick enough to the point where you need to go and check yourself into the hospital. So that's the whole meaning behind, you know, making sure you get vaccinated. Even though it's not foolproof, you'll still get COVID because we do know now that people had hope that they wouldn't get COVID after getting vaccinated. They've forgotten the fact that because they've now told us that you can get COVID after it, they've forgotten the fact that that's why they were lured into getting the vaccine in the first place was so that they could avoid getting the COVID virus. Then they were told, oh no, sorry, that, yeah, that doesn't work, but you'll get the symptoms less. That works for me too. Oh, that works for me too, okay. Now I'm just doing my part because I'm an angel. I will screw a dude raw with no condom, but who cares? Um, I'll get the vaccine, so I'm doing my part. So now everybody feels holier than now and they are getting the vaccine based on what the government and the scientists are telling them. Well, go off champs. Good for you. But did you forget that the reason why you got the vaccine in the first place is because the government told you that you would not get the virus after that or not the government, but the scientist. Sorry, government leaders. I 
appreciate and respect all your hard work. Good job. Keep doing it. But don't mandate and force. It's, it's weird, it, especially in free countries. Okay, it feels very awkward. So there's that. Right? Also, back to the numbers. 97% of vaccinated, 20% uh, 27% not. How are the hospitals chalked up with thousands of people again? That doesn't make sense. Everybody's vaccinated. They wouldn't go into the hospital uh, if they're vaccinated because their symptoms don't present that way. So you can get better at home, right? So you're telling me that all the people in the hospital are chalked up with unvaccinated people. So after then the unvaccinated people end up leaving the hospital or dying or whatever, then we don't have the, the hospital problem anymore, right? Answer me because I can't tell the truth through the lies. I just have to ask that question. That's an, that's a question. So are the, is that the truth or is that a lie? Because I don't think that the hospitals would be chalked up if 97% of the population has already been vaccinated. From what you have told me, I won't need to check myself into the hospital. Where's the lie? Why are you guys telling me that the hospitals are chock full of people? There can't even be that many people. 26% that should be gone in a week, two weeks, or however long this COVID goes through. So that's something that's very concerning. I'm spotting lies. And three, you told us that the children at the beginning of this would only receive mild symptoms. That's why it's up to the adults to get out there and get vaccinated. Right? But now you're telling us that the hospitals are chalked up full of children. Hold up. I thought the children didn't get this virus that severely. Now, why is this, there's a bunch of children? Did you guys think we forgot? Because people like me with, with, mem- with memories like an elephant nowadays that eat so healthy. I've been told lies because you told me that the children didn't end up in the hospital mainly. Now you tell me. There's this large percent of children and that we better go out and vaccine, vaccinate them because there's this large percent of children that are in those hospitals. Pardon me. That tells me that what you told me before are lies. So what I think we need to do is create an app that tells us exactly what the population is in those hospitals so we can tell if it's real or not. Or we should start a parent app that tells us when we can tell each other when we have taken our children and put them into the hospital. That way we can check the numbers and fact check against their their numbers. Because I don't think this is the truth. I can't see the lies. I can't see the truth through the lies. Okay? This is not making sense. So that coming from a parent like myself needs to understand that before I put some death juice or not in my child's arm that could possibly leak over into the heart valve and give them myocardius that I'm not issuing uh, ushering death in, into a perfectly healthy child whose immunity is created to fight off colds and viruses. So unless you can tell me by, with a th- authoritative fact that this isn't uh, misinformation by the science and, and uh, government communities as a whole because of what we don't know yet, not, not on purpose, but because we have to further research it to understand what we're looking at as stacks are concerned. 
in regards to the effectiveness or ineffectiveness of this vaccine. Until we can get to that point, I've got questions. And as a free citizen, I will wait until those questions seem to have gotten answered before I, before I put the proverbial seatbelts into my bloodstream. Thank you very much. And that said, I have come to the end of this brilliant podcast radio show reading articles from you know publications that have been fact checked and I need to understand what we are looking at in regards to our rights and our options and the effectiveness and ineffectiveness of the vaccines that are created for us I say do your own research always don't take my opinion for anything don't take anybody's opinion for anything unless it's statistically sound in your opinion Uh, then go ahead and make your own decisions. I pray that everyone is well, blessed, and healthy in this very moment. I pray that uh, we're ready for, you know, a normal life when that happens. And we can be a blessing in the meanwhile to others that just don't feel comfortable with what's going on in the world. Whether you're vaccinated or not, I love you. I wish you well. And God is love. Jesus is the way to heaven. And so do your thing. And all that said, have a beautiful rest of your day. Later. By assessing this podcast, I acknowledge that the entire contents and design of this podcast are the property of WTF Landia Radio or used by WTF Landia Radio with permission and are protected under U.S. and international copyright and trademark laws. Except as otherwise provided herein, users of this podcast may save and use information contained in the podcast only for personal or non-commercial educational purposes, no other use, including without limitation reproduction, retransmission, or editing of this podcast may be made without the prior written permission of WTF Landia Radio, which may be requested by contacting WTF Landia Radio. By assessing this podcast, I acknowledge that the WTF Landia Radio makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on this information provided in the podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice unless unless stated otherwise. The WTF Landia Radio Group does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast. And information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement. The third-party materials or, or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinion, standards, or policies of WTF Landia Radio. WTF Landia Radio assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with the applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein. Moreover, WTF Landia Radio makes no warranty that this podcast or the server that makes it available is free of viruses, worms, or other elements or codes that manifest contaminating or destructive properties. WTF Landia Radio expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, 
consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of reference to this, reliance on, or inability to use this podcast, or the information presented in this podcast.